you are listening to the Spiritual Warrior Coach with Barbara Sabin, the podcast for discovering how powerful your wisdom, compassion, and courage is. Get ready to join Barbara and her guests as they explore and offer you advice on how to reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And now, here's the host of the show, Barbara Sabin. Thank you for joining me today and welcome. I am Barbara Savin, your spiritual warrior coach, and I am here to help you reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. You know, I am a clinical and medical hypnotherapist, Reiki master and teacher, an energy healing specialist, life coach, and best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, the Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing, you know, I have been helping my clients for over 35 years, and the older I get, hmm, the more wisdom seems to come through. So isn't it time that you believe in yourself? You know, your mind is going to provide you with your greatest challenges in life because it's so very, very powerful. So let's use it for positive thinking, creating harmony, balance, peace, love, happiness, and anything else that your heart desires. Because one day, the world will tap you on your shoulder and say, this is your time to shine. And speaking about shining, I'm going to bring my guest in right now and tell you who she is. Her name is Jacqueline Wales, and she is a writer, singer, and a global traveler who lived and traveled on three continents. And we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. And Jacqueline is the author of four books, When the Crow Sings, which is a novel, The Fearless Factor, The Fearless Factor at Work, and soon to be published, and I really love this title, Fearless Woman Leading the Way. And she believes that we all have the capacity to be fearless if we learn to navigate the changes that we want in our life. And to embrace change, you must be willing to open yourself to new directions, actively staying curious and giving yourself the opportunity to find a path that defines who you truly are. So welcome, Jacqueline. How are you today? I'm great, Barbara, and I love that introduction. It was terrific. Oh, thank you. So, wow, you you three continents. So, tell me about your back background and and where you live because it seems very interesting. Well, it's it's been quite a journey in this lifetime. I was born in Edinburgh, Scotland, and I was there for the first sixteen years of my life. Then I left and couldn't get out of there quick enough, frankly. Um, and for a lot of good reasons. And then I moved to London and I lived in London for several years before I eventually went to San Francisco. So there's Scotland and England, that's the European continent. Mm -hmm. Then I went to America. So, you know, we ended up with San Francisco and then it was Los Angeles for, for a number of years. After Los Angeles, I moved to Paris, back to the European continent once more. And after Paris and five years in Paris, I moved to Amsterdam, where I spent four years. And then, of course, after I'd done that piece, I moved back to the United States, lived in New York for several years, and also uh, back here again to San Francisco. But in between, I built a house in Bali. Bali is on the Asian continent. So I had a house in Bali for 17 years. 
and went there quite regularly. So of course I got to travel to China, I got to travel to Hong Kong, I got to travel to, to uh, various other places uh, around the, the Asian continent. So uh, I've had an enormous amount of places to go to. The only place I haven't been so far is Scandinavia and South America. Um, and one of these days, I'll put that on the map too. Wow, that's, uh, I think I've only been here to in the United States. <laughs> So Florida and California, and of course, New York City. Uh, wow. So that, what did work bring you to all these places or? No, it was mostly adventure. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, when I left home, I left home because I was leaving a very dysfunctional, violent, uh, alcoholic background that left me with very little in the way of love and nurturing, frankly. Um, and so moving for me has always been a case of where do you want to go next? And sometimes it was just like, that seems like a good idea. And, you know, then you get there and you go, yeah, maybe not such a good idea. Maybe there's other things you could have done with your life. Uh -huh. But nevertheless, I am absolutely certain at this point, no regrets, you know, all of the journeying that I've taken. And then I ended up being with someone who, you know, had means. And so therefore, I didn't have to really think about career, per se. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I realized in early life that corporate life and me were not aligned. Um, it, it was really, you know, the square peg in the round hole or whatever it is they say about that. But uh, I knew very early on the corporate background was not for me. So I've been a bit of a maverick, a bit of a renegade my whole life, and always taken the contrary position that, that most people would, would want to take, you know, in terms of, you know, get a job, you get a family, you get this and that. I kind of did everything backwards. <laughs> you know, they talk about Ginger Rogers dancing backwards in heels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of did a bit of that when I was <laughs> growing up. <laughs> wow, interesting life, let me tell you. Wow, that's uh, so... With, with all the travel, is that how you got into what you're doing now? No, no, not, not at all. Oh. Um, I got into this game of, of you know, leadership development, uh, mindset and behavioral changes and so forth, mostly because a coach I had at the time said to me, you have a lot of experience around change and transformation uh, because you've had to walk through it yourself. And so much of that was fear-based. So how can you teach others how to get past their own fears? How can you help them to move the limitations, remove the stuckness of, of who you are? And we've all been there. We all know about limitations being stuck and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So she encouraged me and I went to school and I learned how to become a coach. And as I said, before we started the call today, and maybe it wasn't to you, but I was speaking to somebody else. And I said, I didn't, I've been given advice my entire life. In fact, I like to say that I began my motivational speaking on the tenement steps of my, my building in Scotland when I was nine years old. Wow. The other kids used to say to me, what do you think? <laughs> so I tell them, what do I think? So now I get paid to tell you what I think. What you think, uh-huh. You know, is, is, you know, and this has been my career for the last 17 years. And it really is like a calling. It's, it's truly, I was, I was placed on this earth to 
really work all the way through all the, the garbage. And I've had a fair amount of it thrown at me in, in early life and then throughout, and most of it self-created um, a lot of the time. But I, the lessons I learned through the hardships have were preparing me to be able to do the work that I've now been doing. And through my books and, and through the coaching that I do, through the speaking that I do, through this podcast interview that we're having right now, I, I, I feel blessed that I get up every morning and I get to talk to people about how you can help yourself, because that's really what it comes down to. How can I help you help yourself? Um, because we all have the right ingredients inside of us. We just have to understand what it is that's going on upstairs that is creating the problem. Because when I talk about fear and I'm passionate about talking about fear, it's really an emotion. And like, you know, sadness and happiness and grief and all the rest of it, you work your way through it, sit in it forever. But too many people do and they limit their opportunities and they limit their potential. And they don't come out and shine in the world, as you say, you know, and it, it's this deep heart connection because our brains will create all kinds of stories. And fear is a, is a story. It's a story we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. I, and, I call it a false evidence appearing real. Yeah. And then there's another one that's about everything and run, you know, <laughs> and I think that's, that's the other side of it as well. Mm -hmm. But there is a piece here that, you know, as I said, fear for me, is not about being fear, being fearless is not about the lack of fear, mm -hmm. it's the courage to take the next step. Right. But more importantly, fear matters to our success. And if you think about that for a moment, fear matters to your success. Where are you uncomfortable? Where do you feel like you're being pushed to do something that you're not used to doing? And you have all kinds of, can I do this? Am I capable? Am I really going to be able to step this up? That's your fear speaking. And so when we see fear as a driver, then it's important to our success because it will continue to stretch you. So when it shows up, you know that you're being called to stretch. You're being called to be you know, as they say, get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's the first thing I say to my coaching clients, get comfortable being uncomfortable because I'm going to make you damned uncomfortable. I guarantee you. Uh -huh. you know? And you're going to have to figure it out because yes. that's why you're paying me good dollars to be able to do that for you. Um, you know, but you're the one who's on the journey. You're the one who has to make the, the choices and decisions. And if you come to me and you tell me, you know, I'm afraid of failing, I would say, Go ahead, fail. fail. We're all failing our way to success. Enjoy the failures because what is it? It's an expectation, a choice, or a decision that didn't go the way you wanted it to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Very simple. So there's only one word. Next. Next. Well, I, I was so fearful myself of doing a podcast. I've been wanting to do it for three years, but this, okay, I, right away, I would say, oh, well, what happens if I, if I uh, don't forget something or what happens if uh, I can't think of anything to say or I, I don't like the way I look, or whatever it may be. And then um, I had a coach who uh, taught me how to do all this. And she said, you have nothing to be afraid, but you, you're the only one holding you back. And 
it's the truth. We do this to ourselves. We put all this, you know, should have, could have, would have in our heads. And then we place it with all this worry. And the worry does absolutely nothing for us because I think 95 times the, the, the worry really does not come true. And then we never get to our next step. And, and I had made a promise to myself. I said, by the time you're, because I, I just turned 73. So I said, by the time you are 73, you are going to have a whole bunch of podcasts on YouTube. And I kept my promise to myself and, and let go of, of, of the fear. And when I did the, the first podcast, I said to myself, Barbara, you had nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. And, and it holds us back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question. I mean, I look at my own life. You know, mm -hmm. people would come to me and they'd go, why are you playing so small? And I would go, but I'm not playing small. I mean, I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. And, da, da, da. and it was like, yeah, but you have a really big personality. And I'm seeing a very small person that's, that's kind of, you know, doing this, that, and the next thing. So <laughs> what about taking it out and knocking it out the ballpark? terrified terrified i was like really i get to say exactly how i feel and and i don't get to play the games that everybody wants me to play mm -hmm. um and it took me quite a while to finally grasp hold of that but at this point in my life you know we're of similar age i'm not you know i'm not over the seven zero yet but i'm getting close but the point being is at this point in my life i ain't got nothing to lose I'm going to tell you exactly how I think, and I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel life should, you know, is running and could be running better. You can like it or lump it, frankly. And my mother used to say that to me, like it or lump it. My mother too. Well, you know, there we go. Um, but, you know, it's a choice. It's a choice. And, and, you know, you can agree with me or disagree with me. It's okay. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to please everybody. I used to be a people pleaser, but no more you know, because it definitely doesn't do anything for me if I'm too busy worrying about what other people are thinking or what other people are doing mm -hmm. or if they like me or don't like me, you know. And I deal with this with my clients all the time. When I look at their behavioral scores mm -hmm. and I see high approval, well, there's somebody who just wants to make you happy, exactly. who just wants to make sure that you're okay, because if you're okay, I'm okay. Well, and the thing is- It's not a great way to live your life. Well, that's in you, and it's so important to be to be our authentic selves and not let all this outside interferes, interference rule us. Because I think that's what happens, especially on social media. You know, uh, there's so many women that look and say, "Oh, wow, she looks so beautiful." She does, but we really don't know what they're what is actually happening behind closed doors. They may show something completely different, but behind those closed doors, it's not the way it is. And I always say, if you can't be your authentic self, then, uh, then you're an imposter. I mean- well, that, Yeah, that brings us to the imposter syndrome, which, you know, is, mm -hmm. is a big piece of people's thinking. You know, it's like waiting to be caught out. I know I had it, I'm pretty sure- I that did too. Had it too, you know, where you're just waiting for someone to find out you're really not as good as you think you are, mm -hmm. you know, or you're really not as good as as whatever, you know, because fundamentally fear is based on I'm not good enough. The imposter syndrome is 
I'm not good enough. Right. I don't have enough confidence. I don't have enough skills. I don't have enough talents. I don't have enough credibility in the, in the world, you know, and that's a big piece for, for a lot of people, men and women. In fact, I just read something recently on maybe one of my social media things about this man who said, you know, I've been fighting the imposter syndrome my whole life. We normally think of it as women fighting the imposter syndrome because it's a good reason why many of them don't take senior leadership. Many of them don't push themselves to elevate their roles. Um, or if they do, they have that lurking in the background. And that lurking in the background about maybe you're not good enough, there's your barricade. That's where you stop yourself from really going after it. I mean, I'm doing stuff at this point in my career, 17 years in, that I've been dreaming about, thinking about for many, many years. But now I finally reached a place where I can go, this scares the hell out of me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, because again, to that point I made earlier, I have nothing to lose. And neither does anybody else for that matter. Exactly. Yeah. What's that's the worst that can happen? We're going to die. Well, and I think that's the worst <laughs> that can happen because we're all going to die at some mm -hmm. point. You know, for instance, public speaking, a lot of people, you've heard the Seinfeld joke about, you know, more people would be happier in a pine box than getting up on a stage and giving a presentation. Mm -hmm. you know, um, the, the point being is we're all going to die at some point. And if we're going to have live our lives based on the fear of that um then again you're wasting an enormous gift that shows up every single day in the universe and can can we learn how to embrace that with faith and hope and knowing that no if i just keep taking that next step tiny little step doesn't have to be the whole staircase the whole mountain just take that tiny little step forward that with each incremental step you start opening up your world, what would that look like? It's amazing, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah. And I know for myself, I did a lot of little steps and, and said, no, you're going to push through this. You, you are not going to allow yourself. Of course, you know, I, uh, during my years, I did fail, but then I picked myself up again. I said, all right, if this didn't work out, let's see. Let's maybe change it a little bit and see how this goes. And if that didn't go too well, pick myself up again. And I said, well, let's go for this. But I, I have, and I, I swear, I have never, ever, and my kids know this also, my husband, I've never given up. I've always pushed myself to know, all right, I can do this. It, I can do anything I put my mind to. Yeah. And that's moving through that, you know, uh, having the confidence and, and the self-esteem. And, and even though as a child, I was, you know, put down a lot as a healer and uh, made, made myself say, no, you can do this. Don't let other people's words bring you down. Well, I think you just froze. I just froze. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you froze. <laughs> you know, I've had clients say to me, I worry about what other people are thinking. And here's my advice on that. What other people are thinking is none of your business. Who cares? Mm -hmm. 
And it's not even so much about who cares. It's simply about it's none of your business mm -hmm. because you cannot get inside somebody's head. Right. And I know the assumptions, and I do them too, even with my husband today. And we've been married for, you know, well, been together for 42 years. I still have the assumptions about what he's thinking and I'll go for it. And he goes, no, that's not what's going on here. But I've got a whole story, you know, and I like to say we're all master storytellers. You know, we want to put labels on things. Mm -hmm. We want to create compartments so that we feel safe. And that's that's really the big piece of this. Um, and none of us are, are immune to it. So checking your assumptions is always a good idea. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you know, um, I was born and raised in Conley Island. And when we moved here uh, 17 years ago, and we left back east because of, you know, the, the, the energy was very heavy. And, and I was extremely grateful. I volunteered a lot back east because my, my, my son and my husband came home after that whole 9-11 situation. And, um, and so I volunteered uh, at the home court. And then it got very heavy. And I, I said to my husband, I think you should retire and let's move to California where my daughter lived. And when we moved here, um, I we lived in Westlake and I saw a huge sign that they were building a Four Seasons Hotel with a, um, a wellness institute within the hotel. And they were looking for people. They were looking for, you know, uh, a hypnotherapist and I put in my resume and the, some of my friends back east said, oh, you're to Brooklyn. You'll never get it. <laughs> what are you kidding me? They want someone that is worldly and, and you know, a little more high class, they said. And I just let it go, went for the interview. He interviewed 130 people and I was the one that got the job. And I had the confidence and ability, and I, I even said to him when I after my interview, I said, you know, Dr. Tan, you should hire me. And he looked at me and he said, well, why would I hire you? I said, because I will always come from love and giving and hope and faith and trust and, and everything that people need to feel. And he had mentioned to me that I was his first choice, but he wouldn't know where it would go. And then, and I said to him, just do me a favor that when when you make your decision, whether it is or not, I had no expectations, by the way, just call me so that I know. And he said, okay. Three weeks later, called, you know, um, went by and he had like 30 more people to call, uh, to interview. And I think I was like the hundredth person, which I couldn't understand why they couldn't find anybody. Um, he calls and he says, you know, I know I told you, you were number one and I don't know how to tell you this. And then he hesitated. And then he said, so, can you start tomorrow? And, and I knew, I said, see, when you're confident, and of course, I, as a, you know, no expectation. And I went in that interview with no fear because I said to myself, the worst that can happen is that he tells me no, yeah. that would be the worst, but go for it, do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And here's the other thing, you know, for women specifically, being assertive is not being aggressive exactly mm -hmm. being able to state the value of who you are mm -hmm. that becomes a real driver right there but too many women who are assertive especially in the corporate world are seen as being bitches oh yeah 
Oh, I, know. I have an acronym for bitch that I love that someone shared with me. It's not mine. It's called being in total charge of herself. Yes, <laughs> that's a good one. Total charge of yourself, as you clearly were during that interview process. You know, things go the way you want them to do. Oh, yeah, I was. I, I know I was in complete charge of me. I told them exactly what I did back east, all the volunteer work I've done. And I at the time I was writing a, a book. And I even had showed him, you know, what I had written so far. And, and then, you know, lo and behold, a few years later, my book was actually published. It was picked up by a publisher. And I just went for it. I said, nothing to lose, but the word no. And I look at the word no as a whole sentence because there's nothing really after it. And it's fine. If it's no, it's no. If it's yes, it's yes. That was the start of a conversation. That's the way I have to look at it. You know? uh, yeah. So tell me more about why. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I do say what, that. What about that? No, is something I should know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, right? But um, yeah, I um, I've always been myself. Yeah. And always in control of me. And well, even I, when I did work in work in corporate, I was always in control of me. Oscar Wilde said, be yourself, everyone else is taken. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, One because of my favorite it, quotes, be uh -huh. yourself, everyone else is taken. And, uh, you know, there we go. Well, the way I look at it, it's, there's only one, you know, one Jacqueline, one Barbara. We may have other people that are named the same names, but there's only one of us. Yeah. And, and we are special. We are unique. And just go for it. I mean, that's. That's yeah. my motto. Just be, be free to be. I've, I've often been asked, you know, what's what's your uniqueness, and I, I, my answer is always, I'm just being me. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to be anybody else. I only mm -hmm. know how to be me. And when we can truly be the authentic me, just bring it, warts and all. You know, I mean, God knows, none of us are perfect human beings. We're all, in, you know, fallible. And we all have a lot of flaws that we might not want to have to put out here on the washing line to let everybody see. Mm -hmm. But uh, nevertheless, you know, accepting that we're flawed human beings, we're imperfect beings, um, is simply about I allow my imperfections to hopefully improve over the years. And I know from myself, a lot of them have improved over the years, but there's still areas that yeah, you could do some work on this might benefit other people if you worked on it you know uh and it would definitely benefit you and mm -hmm. and that's that's a piece but i like to say we're all continuing to grow if we look at the growth mindset conversation uh if you are of a growth mindset um, there's a difference between the growth and the fixed mindset which was carol dweck's work in her book mindset but the point being is we're all growing until we die. There's three key words that I used to use, which is to learn, grow, and achieve. And if you're not growing because we're organic beings, we're dying. Mm -hmm. So you know, I heard a quote many years ago from someone who said that, you know, you're, you're born and, uh, you know, at 21 or 22 years old, you are full of life. And by 40, you're dead. Now, we're not saying you're dead physically you're dead mentally mentally mm -hmm. too many people put themselves there you know it's, well, the, it's yeah they look at retirement you know as now they can just not do anything but that would be the time to really reinvent yourself 
Yeah. And let's talk about reinvention. I mean, you've reinvented yourself many, many times. I've certainly reinvented myself many times. I mean, you came out of Coney Island. You had a pretty dense New York accent, and I'm sure that's gotten softened over the years. It's I came out of better. Scotland. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I came out of Leith, Scotland, and if I if I talked the way that I was talking when I, I came out of Leith, you know, it was off in Dune and around about the houses and all that kind of stuff. You know, I had to learn how to do the BBC English when I moved to London because otherwise they thought I was an idiot. Um, you know, so I you you compromise yourself in in lots of ways. You know, but I've been gone from Scotland for over fifty years, so you can still hear it. Oh yeah. Oh, I think you froze again. I'll never leave completely, you know, but it's gotten softened over the years. But what I'm saying about this is this constant evolution, this regenerating, this redefining, um, reinventing of self, because it's about your learning. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Who do I want to be in the world? What is it that I bring to the world? What are my talents? When, you know, people say to me, oh, you, you're great. You're this, you're that, the next thing. Do you believe it or do you push it aside? Push it aside. You know, you don't really know what you're talking about because I know better. Yeah, well, what's the messages in your head? Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. we say we need to think positively about ourselves and and not let any interference of, of negativity come in. And if it does come in, you know, for myself, I always say, uh-uh, I'm not going to let you stay here. You need to go. You need to leave. <laughs> Bye-bye. I send it off with love and light kneeling because it's not staying. Yeah. It's like, I hear you, but I'm sorry, but I, I don't need you to hang around. We call that the gremlins of the mind. And, uh, you know, when you're in the, the trenches with some really heavy transformational work, these gremlins get awfully loud. I mean, really, really loud. And you have to have some kind of built-in other voice, a protective voice that says, you know what, I I know that's how you feel, but I just don't want to be there today. So thank you for visiting. I'll see you out the door. Yeah, and exactly. That's the conversation. And it sounds cockamamie. There's no, no but question. it's not, no. But that's the conversation you need to be having inside. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you, but no thank you. Not today, not today. And we've all had moments when even I do, when you spiral downwards and you start going, really, is this really going to work? Am I really going to do what I'm supposed to do? Just don't linger there for too long. You know, I've learned over the years I can get out of it in hours, not days, not weeks. Well, yeah, you don't want to be a victim of it because then nothing will ever change. That's right. That's exactly It'll right. Never change. But uh, so, so you've written four books. I've written three so far and I'm oh, working on the fourth one. Okay. So the, are they, they're all, I would assume they're all about fear, you know, being fearless. In a lot of ways. I mean, the first book, When the Crow Sings, was written about my family. And I, I told the story of three generations of women giving birth to children outside of marriage until one woman has the courage to give her child up for adoption. So mm-hmm. that was the premise of the first book. And it was based on my grandmother, my mother, and my own history. But I wrote it in semi-fictional format because I wanted to really tell the story of these characters. Because let's face it, even if they're family members, they're characters. So um, it was a book that took me 12 years to write, which was a real labor of love, and it was a labor. And it started out 
you know, is it an autobiography? Is it a memoir? And then eventually it was like, no, you take a step back and, and see this from a fictional point of view. Uh, and I was trained at UCLA in the writer's program. So, you know, writing a novel was really a big deal. So anyways, um, I do tell the story of my grandmother. Most of it is fiction. I had to make up her background, um, but some of it is based on fact. And then my mother's story is very much based on fact and my own life story at the end of it. But the vehicle I used for this story and someone's just read it and every so often I get somebody who writes me and goes, this book kept me up all night. And I'm like, what can I tell you? It must be. <laughs> so the point being is the premise of the story is there's a woman dying of breast cancer. Uh, she's written the story of her family and she wants her elderly aunt to deliver this to the child she gave up for adoption many years before. And she wants the aunt to travel from Edinburgh, Scotland to Los Angeles to deliver this manuscript to this young woman who is over there now. And um, on the plane, and the old woman's never been on a plane, mm. sitting on this flight from Edinburgh to Los Angeles, and she's reading the story of her family. And so you get, her reaction, and you get the family history, her reaction, the family history, all the way through until finally you get her delivering to the child who was given up for adoption. Okay. I gave my child up for adoption when I was 20 years old. I had her for three months before I gave her away, realizing that I couldn't do this. It was, it was not something I was capable of doing emotionally. Uh, and it was sparked by uh, an event one evening where I realized I was ready to kill her. And I thought, this is a baby. You got to do something with this. So anyways, that was my story. But my grandmother had two children before she married. And my mother had two children before she married. And then she had me. I was number three. And then she had number four was my brother. Number five was my uh, youngest brother who she tried giving herself an abortion until she was five months pregnant and the child was born severely uh, disabled. Mm. So whether it was a disease or whether it was her attempts to give herself an abortion, who the hell knew, but you know, that was my mother's story. And then for me, giving my child up at the age 20. So I filled all this in and I'm giving you the long story on when the crow sings because it's a really important, it was an important book for me to write because I needed to get my head wrapped around family story. And every family's got secrets. And, and when I wrote this and I gave it to a friend who's a, um, a, a psychiatrist, family psychiatrist, he said I had written a classic intergenerational story. Mm. I was doing that. But he said, every family's got a story that runs generations and if you you really look at it you can see it you can you know it's evident and that was ours was was these children so uh you know that's that's a lot of story right there but said uh gonna work on that was a real transformational process for me um because not only did i give my daughter up for adoption when uh she was three months old but i went on to get married and had a son and i left him with his father when he was three and a half so you can tell that this woman here had a lot of stuff to clean up before she could create a healthy family. And now I have four kids. My son lives in England with his, his daughter, who's five. Uh, I have a stepdaughter who came from Thailand, a complete stranger at the age of 10. 
Mm -hmm. And she lives in LA with her family and her daughter. And then I've got two kids with my present husband. So, you know, I've, I've learned how to be a mother. It's been yeah. a part of my, my journey. And I'm now really, really grateful and blessed. I have four amazing adults in my life. Uh, and they all call me mom. So mm -hmm. that's the blessing. That's the blessing. Sometimes the timing is just not right. Yeah. Exactly. So again, to the point of even when disaster strikes your life, mm -hmm. there's another side to it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it doesn't have to be the end of the road. It can be the start of something really powerful and, and amazing. And yeah, the transformational stuff for me was super painful. No question. Oh, I can imagine that's, you know, I'm on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. then then the second book was all about being fearless. The first, second book was The Fearless Factor, and I interviewed a bunch of women to talk about how, when did you recognize being fearless in your life? And I also told the story of how I came to the reckoning of being fearless. And, you know, people call me fearless at this point. They say, you're really fearless. And I go, yeah, but here's the definition. Being fearless is not the absence of fear. It's the courage to take the next step. Mm -hmm. I'm still fearful. I still have that, that pit of the stomach. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. we all do. But the point being is I know how to move beyond it at this point. So, you know, this fearless factor was really as, as a piece to help motivate. All my books have a list of questions at the end of every chapter. Um, I start the book by saying there's three women looking at entrance to a jungle. They're looking down this path and they're thinking to themselves, if we take this path, the other side of it is going to be enormous amount of change. Then I asked the question, how many took the journey? None. 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 Because they weren't prepared to take the risk of yeah. running into the wild animals. Mm -hmm. So the book really is a, a whole exploration of what it is to transform yourself. Then a few years later, I did the fearless factor at work because I've been working a lot with middle-level managers who really lack self-awareness, who had some fear about being good enough and who had terrible communication skills with direct reports and wanted to accelerate their careers. So I wrote The Fearless Factor at work to help them develop self-awareness, empathy, trust, communication skills, influence, all these things are necessary for good leaders to be great leaders. Mm. And, and that has really been a driver. And now we're working on the fearless women leading the way. And I'm doing a whole series of interview with really accomplished women who are, you know, dealing with still some stuff for themselves, but they've made some inroads in their career and they want to do even more, more about what it is to be an accomplished woman, including myself. And what is the journeys we must take to reach that level? Because we need more women leaders in the world. Frankly, the men have made a mess of this world. Uh, yeah. And partially it's because we women ourselves have remained silent for too long. And we need to step it up. Mm -hmm. And we need to challenge ourselves. And we need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we need to be able to take those stories of accomplished women and use them for motivation and inspiration to move yourself forward on your journey. I want to see more women in leadership. I want to see more women in boardrooms. I want to see more women taking control of this whole mess and i could use an expletive here but i won't but this whole mess that we now call 
the world we live in. Mm -hmm. so, oh, I, I, I always said there's a female, women should be in charge because we think differently. It's not about the money, it's about healing and change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're a much more collaborative species mm -hmm. um, than men are generally speaking. You know, I mean, we can still be competitive. We can still be perfectionist. Yeah will be all these things but the point being is women are far more collaborative and far more concerned interestingly in all these interviews i've done what i'm hearing is they all want to see other women succeed they all want to help lift other people up mm -hmm. that's what we're doing here right now having this conversation exactly. we want to lift people up and to let them shine as you said right at the very beginning mm -hmm. well that's what was my purpose for having this uh, podcast because I figured yeah. it, it's not, yeah, I, I, you know, I was given the name from above, the spiritual warrior coach, but it, it's more of a, a general, just about, just about anything and everything to know that, you know, like you said, to get up and do what it is that we need to do for ourselves and, and to uh, let go of that, that fear and, and, and begin change. Because yeah. when we change, we grow, no matter how hard the change may be. Yeah. And you surprise yourself. You actually astound yourself mm -hmm. with the possibilities once you decide to, to take that next step and the step after that and so on and so forth. Because, you know, I think the idea of astounding, and I use that word deliberately, astounding yourself is like, whoa, mm -hmm. <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Exactly. <laughs> who really are you? You know, mm -hmm. like, you know, my, they used to say to me when I was growing up, who do you think you are? And I like to say, well, how about we reframe that to who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Then that becomes an internal question about, yeah, who do I think I am? Mm -hmm. And that's so important. I, I feel a lot of people, again, listen to other people's words. Yeah. And it, yeah. it prevents them from, from being, again, you know, authentic. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Overcoming fears. I mean, for me personally, I would not jump out of a plane. So <laughs> I'm still fearful. Of, whereas my daughter, on the other hand, parachuted twice. And I said, oh, my, I, I couldn't believe it. But that was on her bucket list. It's not on mine. <laughs> but It's on my bucket list. Oh, um, it is? <laughs> it's the last 10 years that I want to jump out of a plane. And I, I had my daughter-in-law promised me that on my 70th birthday this year oh that she would book a plane and we would go do this oh so uh, are you i am oh, i am definitely going to do it um i mean let's face it i'm strapped to somebody else it's not like i got well, a hand full parachute you know <laughs> you know but uh -huh. i'm strapped to somebody who knows what he's doing and it probably will be a he um you mm -hmm. know then i'm okay with that you know just so long as i don't break my legs on the landing i'll be fine <laughs> well, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely being fearless <laughs> all right i'm not that <laughs> i guess i'm not yet <laughs> but uh yeah i probably would have done it maybe a few years back you know before yeah. this hip replacement thing the, then i wouldn't have worried about it <laughs> well, george hw jumped out of a plane on his what was it 80th birthday or or something, something ridiculous. like that mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it, it, it's ironic, but um so good. I, I'm not I'm not ready for that yet, I don't think. <laughs> well, 
when that happens though i will post it everywhere trust me but but not right now but um yeah. so you know uh, do, do you let me ask you do you feel that you know faith um helps us overcome fears you know, sure. right faith and trust and believing you gotta have faith that you know the path you're on is the right one to be on um you know, I, I've done a lot of work with, you know, we all have spiritual guides. You're the spiritual warrior. So you know this, you know, there are spiritual guides in the universe who are there to keep you safe. Help us. Mm -hmm. Have your back. But you got to believe it. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I, you know, I kind of went in and out on this thing. But at this stage of my life, I truly believe that I have some spirit guides out there who are absolutely looking after me. And I know that if I really desire something in this world, if I have the vision and I have the focus and I have the belief and faith and trust mm -hmm. that by doing the right things, by keeping the momentum moving forward, by keep taking that next step, I will get what I want. And that's a big leap, especially if you want something that you see as big, big picture. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely big big picture at this point you know I want to see myself on stage speaking about this stuff because I think it's important I think people really need to know about that but that takes a lot of of you know my belief in myself to be able to do that and secondly belief that that got support out there not just from my immediate family and friends but from some unseen forces that I know for a fact only want the best for me Mm -hmm. you have to believe that you have to have faith in that and you can call it god you can call it universe you can call it divine call it what you like but we're all connected oh and i always say we're all is one we're all yeah one. and if you think about if we're all connected and we think about the force of of, of that in the world then you have to believe that if you're a part of that and we are then you're you're in the collective mm -hmm. and that's really what it comes down to faith in the collective energy of the entire damn planet and the universe in general because who knows what's outside of this blue sky we don't we but don't. i'm sure it's beautiful <laughs> that's yeah. how i envision it as something beautiful yeah. Yeah, as an as a, as a healer um yeah i many a times step into a different uh vibration a different realm and I can yeah. see and I say, wow, I know it's not my imagination. It is beautiful. And yeah. it's something to be fearful about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't admitted this to anybody, but I have a pendulum. Ah, I have one too. <laughs> and and you ask your questions? If I ask a question and I'm waiting for that yes or no piece to come in. And, you know, it's like, again, do I choose to believe or not? That's up to me. If I'm asking the question, it means I'm looking for an answer. Exactly. And if I get the answer I'm looking for, then I'm going to feel pretty good about it. And is it, is it force of whatever that's coming in? Yeah, I don't really care. You know, is, is the answer I'm looking for? That's terrific. Okay. Believe it. Yes. Believe it and you will see it. That's really it. All the answers are truly within us. Yeah. I, I always say believe and trust and hope, you know, when I, I was, before I began doing the podcast, I sat and I meditated and I said, all right, 
you know, my website is called Motivate Your Life. And I figured, well, I'd call the podcast Motivate Your Life. And I heard, no. And yeah. I said, okay, what do I call it then? And I swear, they said the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. And so I chuckled and I said, all right, I'm sure it's taken already. And I heard, go, go look. And so I went online, put it in. No, it wasn't taken. Then I, I figured, all right, let me, let me see if a domain name. And it was, I got the .com and the .net. And I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that it was, that it was not, not taken. And then of course I thanked them and I said, wow, you know, I, I, I did listen. I immediately went online and, and there it was. And that's how this became the spiritual warrior coach podcast, because yeah. that was the name given to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, pay attention to that stuff. You know, there's no question. Mm -hmm. Why well, call them the voiceless voices that speak to us all the time. All we need to do is listen. Yeah. Yeah. And the listening part is hard for, whether it's on this plane or that plane, listening is hard. Yeah. So when do you think your third, uh, your fourth book, right? Your fourth book is coming out. I'm looking at next summer. And meanwhile, I'm doing my interviews and I'm doing a whole video series that I call Vital Conversations with Fearless Women. It's not a podcast, but at some point I might end up doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I like the title of Vital Conversations uh, with Fearless Women. So uh yeah that's pretty much what i'm doing the book should be coming out next summer and uh there's more fearless books in the pipeline i'm pretty sure of it oh i'm sure there's probably a lot more <laughs> and and you do workshops right and, and you see clients uh privately yeah. um, i i do you know executive coaching as well as as workshops from time to time i have some online programs uh, on my website at jacquelinewales.com and um, they're, they're definitely, you know, easy and they give you an opportunity to self-reflect uh, and, you know, there's some quizzes and challenges involved as well. So they're fairly interactive. And mm. if you go to my courses page, you can go check it out. Um, and I would actually encourage you to take one of them for free. Uh, using the code JW21, any of those singular courses, not the multiples, but the singular courses, use the code JW21 and you get it for free. Oh, I'll make sure that we write that down. So, wow, thank you. Boy, this is, uh, I love being fearless. <laughs> <laughs> I love being the, the spiritual warrior coach. <laughs> all because i listened <laughs> and and it's all about taking that leap yes yeah very definitely yeah, yeah. so well i thank you so much for being you know a guest today uh, i'm so happy i found you well thank you i'm glad you reached out i believe it was our facebook connection so social media does work yes social media in, in this case worked a hundred percent because i how how i found you on facebook i have no idea but you popped up somewhere and i was meant to come up and, and visit with you i think there mm -hmm. you go yeah. so let's just tell uh, one more time your your website is jacquelinewales.com so very simple my name plus dot com and wow. you can 
find everything you need to know about me and there's videos and all kinds of things up there. So and, and the special code again is JW21. JW21. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, Welcome, Barbara. No, uh, you know, it's it's a pleasure. It's truly a pleasure. And I love the fact that you've written all these incredible books. And I'm actually going to go online and get that when the crow um, sings. When the crow sings, yeah, I, I definitely want to read that. Thank you. Oh, well, oh, thank you. I will send you happily send you a copy. So you oh, need to thank you. Where? Be happy to. Okay, I'll send you my address. <laughs> Simi Valley, California, where, where the sun is beautifully shining today. But yeah. uh, thank you again for for being a guest and. Uh, you know, I want to thank everybody uh, for, for listening today and uh, a big thank you to this wonderful lady, Jacqueline Wales. And, you know, visit her website, JacquelineWales.com. And um, I hope you heard what you needed to hear today. And I would actually like to leave you with these words. Um, be confident in yourself and in your abilities. You know, fear is only a word in the dictionary. Declare that fear is absent from any part of your existence so that you can courageously go after even your highest goals and commit to keep going and be fearless in pursuing the life that you desire. So know that you are fully capable of working your way through life's challenges because you need to focus on discovering a positive solution instead of being a victim of the situation. So know in your heart, without a doubt, that you are strong, you are brave, you are confident, and you are fearless. So again, thank you so much for visiting with me today and visit me on my website, motivateyourlife.net. And please subscribe to this Spiritual Warrior Coach podcast because um, this way you can see all the incredible guests that are, I have had. And I also have another uh, YouTube uh, called just Barbara Saban. There I have some grounding and sleep and relaxation meditations for you to listen to. Um, and for those of you that are maybe interested in wanting to learn energy healing, check out my book on Amazon, Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. So again, thank you so much for uh, listening and have a beautiful week filled with love and with light. Love, Barbara. <laughs>